Welcome to The Bargain Basement Butterflies Presents Beyond the Doorway. I'm your host, Buzzley, and on this podcast, I interview friends of mine about their personal paranormal stories. Then I take clips of those interviews and I put them to music. Don't you dare to off the light. There's something out in the night. In through open windows and down dark hallways. There's something just beyond the doorway. There's something just beyond the doorway. There's something just beyond the doorway. Welcome back to Beyond the Doorway, presented by the Bargain Basement Butterflies. This is episode three, right now, Cosmic Invitations, with Amity O'Day. I have known Amity most of her life. She's a very talented artist and writer, and just a creative person all around. This is actually the very first interview I did. I had a plan to do a different type of show sometimes before this. It was just going to be interviews. But later I got an idea to put this interview to music. So clips of this interview and another interview I did at the time ended up being in a track called Lucid and was put on the last album I did called Anfractuous, which is out now on all digital media. Once I did that track, I realized I kind of like what I did there. So I decided to do more, developed this idea for this podcast, and went from there. Because this was the first interview I did, and was done a year before I got started on the others, it's a little awkward on my part. I was still kind of figuring out what I was trying to do. But I wanted to put this interview in here because Amity tells an interesting spooky story and talks about some stuff, especially toward the end, that I feel is very important. So please welcome to the show my friend and sister-in-law, Amity O'Day. We're here today to talk about <laughs> an odd experience or paranormal or like out of the ordinary experience you have had. My question is like, where were you and like, how old were you when this happened? Okay, so I was in my teens. I don't know the exact range of when it happened because I didn't really like talk to anybody about it. I might have told mom, but like, I think I was maybe 14, 15. Yeah. And I was, I was at the Alcair house and you know, that house is spooky regardless. Like <laughs> literally when people see it, they think, Oh, there's a haunted house over there. And I'm like, I live in that. <laughs> yeah. So that's where it happened. Okay. Okay. So you're in the Alcair house. Now, was this something that like, did you like write it down or anything or it just happened? And I think I might have journaled about it. I like, I wish I had like, and I knew which journal it was because my, my journals are kind of like a landmine. <laughs> if, I, if I read through them all, I'd be like, wow, this is more than I signed off for. <laughs> yeah. So if I had the one and I knew, and I knew where it was, I, I'd, I'd probably go look it up right now. Cause I like, cause that I, I am kind of interested to see, cause I knew I was like, I was journaling at the time. So I, I would have written about it. And I didn't, I, I think I might have told, but I felt really silly. I'm like, I think I might've told my mom. She might have even come at the time cause I was wigging out. Like, I think I was doing it quietly but it's possible that I screamed. I don't, uh-huh. I don't, I don't, I don't honestly remember cause it was like, I was waking up. 
So I can't, I can't know how much, how much I was lucid during this time. And that's really what's spooky about it is because I don't know how much of it actually happened. Gotcha. Okay. So with that, that's a perfect lead into, so tell me the story of what occurred. Okay. So I was sleeping in the back room upstairs and this, like this house, like for reference for anyone who doesn't know, um, this house is like really old. It was kind of like a farm, like, uh, like a, a home that would be built on the, on farmland. And it was kind of dilapidated and falling apart. And, uh, but the, the bedroom I was in was on the second story and there was a roof next to it, like ne- right next to the window, like a, for the kitchen downstairs. And it always kind of bugged me how like accessible that window felt that it was, it was right there next to the roof. And if anybody really wanted to break in, they just have to get on top of that roof somehow. And then they'd be able to get in. So I, it always kind of bugged me, but I can't remember if it started bugging me like after this happened, that, that right. this was the event that triggered it where I was like, I hate this room. I hate it. Oh, um, so I was asleep, I was asleep and, uh, and I was having a dream and I, I dreamed that there was someone looking in the window and it was like this, like, and the lighting was really weird and it like caught on the face and that, and I, but, I might have screamed out loud. <laughs> I don't know. Cause I am prone to sleep talking when I'm really keyed up. So I don't know, but I was, when I woke up, I was on the floor next to the bed where I dreamed I was looking at the window. So I couldn't tell what was real and what wasn't. And I was, I was like, creeped out <laughs> like someone was looking in the window <laughs> but I couldn't figure I couldn't figure out how like I don't even know if I screamed or not I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I did because I think mom came in I, I think I think I looked to the door and mom came in and I was like is there someone looking in the window <laughs> it's like I can't tell because I was half, like I was like yeah I was pretty keyed up yeah it was it made me really uncomfortable with that room. I think I moved out of that room shortly after. Like I just, really? I traded rooms. It became mom's art room. And, uh, and I went to the other side, which was still right next to the same roof, but I felt better about it. Like, I don't know, <laughs> it was the, the same roof was there, but I felt better. So yeah, that's pretty much it. So it, in the moment when it was like, were you, did you experience any kind of like, um, you tried to put meaning to it or was it just like this terrifying moment that you were just like in the moment? I Does that make that, sense? Yeah, I was, it was more of like a terrifying in the moment. Like, is this, was this real? And like, if I was trying to put meaning to it, I think like I would have said like the brain does amazing things like, and tried to like downplay. Right. <laughs> like, like how did I end up in the same position that I was in the dream looking at that window? Right. And I wake up there and like, <laughs> that's just creepy. Like, like I would hope that my brain would not do that to me, but apparently brains are weird that way. And that's kind of how I would rationalize that where, where it was uh, my brain semi awake providing right. images for me to think about that has no utility. Like, <laughs> yeah, thanks brain. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I wanted. 
so would you say like if that if that same experience occurred now do, do you think you would react different now or would it yeah how, how do you think you'd react having that experience right now okay having that experience right now I'd probably go get Jay. He's uh, he's in the room next door because he's my roommate, and uh, and I'd probably like I'd probably want to go outside with him and look outside the window to see if there's a ladder set up, because like I'm on the second floor, I like I still have a hard time like I can't imagine being on the first floor because the windows are right there like <laughs> I I can't handle that, um, but I'd want to go out and like. Uh, make sure that there was nothing out there that, that could have been used to actually access the window. Okay. Like to kind of like convince myself that it didn't like, it's, it's just in my head. It's all in my head. Um, but like, and if there was something out there um, or like if I heard somebody like in a vehicle right after it happened, like they, that they'd obviously gotten down, like, cause I don't think it would be soundless in that situation. So I also like have this nifty thing with my windows. I'll show you where I have like this rainbow pattern thing over it. Oh, cool. So I feel a little better, a little better about the window situation, but you can tell that I like, maybe this might have been a carryover from this, that event, but I do not feel comfortable about windows at all. So I like the light. I'm happy about the light, but, uh, but if it's at a level where it can be reached or seen through, I am not comfortable. That's good. I think it's interesting how our like when something that happens when we're younger can carry into adulthood. Yeah, I didn't even realize that 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 might have been a thing. Like, I'm on the second floor. Like, right. do I have to worry about that? like? But I think about it like regularly. Like, it, like it's a privacy thing, I guess, and just wanting wanting all the sunshine, but also like being a little paranoid about like about windows. Yeah. I, I was gonna say a certain level of paranoia is probably good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> world, yeah. Yep. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just like usually like with occult things, I I'm kind of careful what I like indulge in and find out about because I found out like over over time, not necessarily found out, but kind of like I have a theory that what you marinate your brain in your brain validates. So the more time you spend um, looking into it and like indulging in it and like finding out what other people are experiencing and like you're, you train your brain to look for things and then like, and then it finds it. And, and some things I don't want my brain to find. <laughs> so, right. so like, so when I'm looking, thinking about occult experiences, I haven't like, aside from this one where I just like, really creeped me out I kind of like haven't had that as much even though like I'm a witch <laughs> so so like I, I practice I intend to practice magic and things but yeah. I like there's some things that I know I'm not going to get into because I like I know that my brain I'm not very good at redirecting my brain when it latches onto something and that that I am prone to uh to cycling on it to kind of spinning on something and then it gets bigger and bigger. And so like, part of me is like, yeah, I'm a witch, but, um, but there's some things I'm not looking into because I know more of rain will go. So, yeah. So, so would you say you don't look into them because it's like 
um, I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Is it like it's going to invite something in a or little. that your brain creates that? What? Yeah, I think, I think that it's kind of a, a duo dynamic there where like your brain, like the chicken and the egg, where like at some point, how much do you know your brain is like, because I've had experiences like religious experiences where I'm like, I don't know how to explain this. Like it was really, it worked out for me. Was it because I fervently believe in prayer and then that happened? Or is it because my brain was fervently searching for a reason to believe in prayer? <laughs> like how much, how much is that? How much is it impacted? And I, I honestly think it's kind of a, a two-way street where you're kind of like, there, I think that there are things out there that can meet you halfway. And part okay. of me is like, I don't, I don't know how much is out there to meet me halfway. Because if this exists, what about this? What about this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I'll be very careful about my cosmic invitations. But yeah. That makes sense. So if one thing is possible, many things can be possible. Yes. I get that. So would you say from this experience, um, would you say that it like taught you anything or was it just like a scary thing? It was scary, but I also do think it taught me to be a little more vigilant and a little more aware. I think like at the time I was trying so hard to control things that I considered irrational in myself. And I labeled a lot as irrational because of um, some gaslighting that was happening in the home situation. And so I had learned to catch myself before I didn't, before I expressed anything that could be considered irrational. And so it was a lot of self-moderating. And I think now I would probably be kinder to myself and be a little more proactive in making sure that I felt safe instead of just like thinking it was just in my head. Because regardless of whether it's in your head or not, that trauma, an experience like that where you can't tell if it's real or not, then it's real to your brain. Right. Um, and the stress is real on your brain. So I like, I was legitimately as stressed as I would have been if that had actually happened. Like if there was actually someone out there. So I think like as an adult now, like to go back to that question where you asked, like, how would you like, would you react differently? I think now I would probably be a little more proactive in making sure that I felt secure after the situation. Okay. That makes sense. But I'm going to close my door. Because I've been thinking about this recently that um, because like I hear a lot of people talking and like their main goal when people tell stories is to like break it down, you know, try to figure out if it's true or not. And like to me, it's like somebody has experienced something and it doesn't matter if that thing exists, because even if it's just like this dream, as long as like it, it had affected them. What am I trying to say here? They have had this experience for a reason is how I see it. And they're getting something out of it. I don't know if that's worded fancy or not, but. Yeah, because I, I think <laughs> like it's a real experience to them. Like it, regardless of whether that, that, um, that phenomena exists on the corporal plane, it's also like, it's definitely in your brain. Like it's in your head too. Like if it's real or it's not, it's like, it has the same mental impact. So I think that like that validating that and making 
um, making sure that you treat yourself kindly when, when things like, and making sure that you feel safe or that you're able to investigate in a way that, that makes it feel meaningful in a positive light. I think that it's important to do that work because regardless of whether you believe that thing will come back, it, I think it's important to, to treat it like, um, to do the work to make sure that your brain feels like you're taking care of you. Cause like your body keeps the score, your brain, your brain keeps track of things and it's right. hidden in there. The experience is hidden in there. And if you can put, you can put good to it or you can put it too good. I think it, it's, it's meaningful and valid regardless. If you like what you have heard so far today, please take the time to rate and review the show. For more music from the Bargain Basement Butterflies, please visit Bandcamp or your favorite digital media store. If you are interested in merch, visit TeePublic and search for the Bargain Basement Butterflies. Now let's talk about this week's song. Thank you so much, Amity, for that. I really appreciate the time you took for this project. For this song, I wanted to do something that focused less on the actual events in the story and focus more on how to treat yourself kindly when things unexpected happen to you. Please enjoy this week's song, right now, Cosmic Invitations. a lot of self-moderating and I think now I 
real or it's not. It has the same mental impact. So I think that that validating that and making sure that you treat yourself kindly and making sure that you feel safe or that you're able to investigate in a way that that makes it feel meaningful in a positive light. I think that it's important to do that work because regardless of whether you believe that thing will come back, it, I think it's important to, to treat it, to do the work to make sure that your brain feels like you're taking care of you. Because your body keeps the score, your brain, your brain keeps track of things. The experience is hidden in there and if you can put, you can put good to it or you can put it too good. I think it, it's, it's meaningful and valid. Thank you for fluttering in to this week's episode of Beyond the Doorway. Thank you to today's guest for taking the time to be a part of this project. And thank you, the listener, for taking the time to listen. See you next time. Have a good week.